Hello, I'm Dr. Jesse L. Grice, founder and uh, senior pastor of Truvine Baptist Church. It's my heart as we welcome you. I welcome you, and I praise God uh, that you will get something from it and bless your life. And in Jesus' name, we love you. All the honor and all the glory. Welcome to all of our guests online and in person. We pray that God will meet all of your needs according to his riches in glory. First, let us prepare. Let us pray for a moment, if you will. Most blessed Father, thank you for our time together this morning. Thank you in worship. Thank you, dear God, for your presence. And we give your name all the praise, honor, and all the glory. Dear God, we pray that you touch now this your servant. Speak with my mouth, O oh God, those things you want to say to your people and bless them. Bless now every heart and every mind that's online or in person to hear and understand what you are saying to them personally. And God, we love you and we praise you. There be one who don't know you as a Savior. Speak to them, O oh God, today. May you draw them by the cords of your love in Jesus' name. And Father, those of us who are saved, whatever our deficiency, you are our sufficiency. And we give your name all the glory. Now touch, O oh God, in a unique and special way. In Jesus' name, and all said amen. amen. This morning's topic comes from Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 through 12. The topic, if it's not on the screen, it is the unchanging principles of God's Word. We know that God will work them all out. But first, I want to share that my lovely wife, Joyce, is not with us today. She had to go and be with family and the loss of a loved one. So be praying for her and the family, and prayerfully, we'll see her on Wednesday. And we give God all the praise. So if you will, turn to Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. And as you're turning to Malachi 3, verse 6, there's a banner that we have, I have on all the messages for this year. It is a banner that says, Revival for Survival. No, I'm not talking about a revival that many of us are used to, where you have a week of preaching and all of that sort of thing and so on. But I'm talking about restoration. I'm talking about where we got to be restored. I'm talking about the deficiency that we are having, that we feel that we are experiencing, and we need God's help to put us all back together. That means we need to survive. There are so many churches being closed today, thousands of them, every year. Why? The beautiful sanctuaries and on and on. That's not it. God left. When God leaves the sanctuary, that's it is over. One reason that happens because we are not dining, we're not really with God. We, we come for a nice show. God don't want to hear nothing about no show. You don't care about what you wear as long as you're not naked. He cares about what we got in our hearts. He's not a part-time lover. We talked last week about the loveless church, Ephesians. And how people were doing all kinds of great things that were wonderful. And, but at the end, God says, you have lost your first love. You see, it don't matter how many people are in the sanctuary. But I know what the Bible declares that whether two or three are together in my name, God is right there. And so when we begin to be where God wants us to be in the heart, mind, soul, and spirit, we'll be on the move, says Dr. King. We'll be on the move for the glory of God. Are you with me so far? 
Well, okay, I hope you had Malachi chapter 3, beginning at verse 6. Malachi writes, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his word. You may take your seats. The topic of this message, the unchanging principles of God's word, applies forever. He does not change. We, on the other hand, today you're my hero, this evening you'll be my zero. But that's not with God. He is the same. But I want to talk to you quickly about principles. Oftentimes we don't hear the depthness of God's word that we need to apply to our own hearts. And giving in most situations is one of those things that we like to forget. But you cannot be a lover of God and don't give him his due. Can I get a witness? Sometimes he make up stories that I'm not going to give my money to the preacher. Well, I want you to know that this preacher don't have your money. If you gave it to me, I'd be on the island of Tahiti in that little hammock with a little old drink with the umbrella on it with a cherry on top. No, I'm an alcoholic. So you're going to see me offered right here. Principles or ethical teachings and instructions placed in God's word to guide us as we follow him. Too often time you follow the preacher. No, no, no. We need to follow God as he's following the as God is the man is following God, not just the preacher. It's okay. I mean, that's part of our humanity, yes. But you keep your eye on Lord. You keep your eye on God's word. You do what he say, not what people say. God tells us when we give an offering, we're not to give it under compulsion. Some churches, they just browbeat you half to death. Well, we only took the $45.13, we need to make it 50 even. My friends, whatever's in the offering basket at TVBC, that's what we got. Period. If it's too much, fine. If it ain't too little, okay, too. God is the one that takes care of it. I want you to know today, that, and if you don't already know, I'll tell you again. God owns all the silver and all the gold. He don't need our money. 
Some of us don't want to tithe because, well, uh, food prices are going up. They ain't stop you from eating. Well, the gas is going up, absolutely. It don't stop you from driving. You know my rent up, you ain't on the street. Come on, let's get real with this thing. You see, what we forgot to do is do this by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. Don't matter how bad it looks, but it tell you how good God is. When you put your faith and your trust in God, I want you to watch him. Oh, I'm trying not to get ahead of myself, but I want you to know that we serve a great God. And a mighty God, we're facing a crisis right here in our church because of our, 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 the deficiency in tithes and offering for various reasons. But I want you to know that you trust the Lord. We got the song in, in our mind that I'm going to trust in the Lord until I die. Some of y'all already stopped trusting you ain't dead yet. We need to trust God, period, in our own situations. So, there's this word called stewards. Stewardship or stewards, those who take care of the things of God. There are all kinds of definitions that have come out. Therefore, stewardship is defined as a careful, responsible management of something entrusted to one's care of that which belongs to another. Our tithes and offering belong to God. You say, well, God, then let me tell y'all something. You got a job not because you're the best. You got a job because of God's grace. Sometimes we're not even qualified, but God calls us, and he qualifies the call. He blesses you. So give God back what he's due. You say that you're a child of God, you want to follow the principles of God, then follow and stop messing around. Some of y'all used to this thing about tipping God. God don't need no tip. Went to a restaurant the other night. The first little spot for the giving was 18%. That's 8% higher than God said you could give. And you know what y'all did? Y'all tried to portion out, but you couldn't help it. 18%. I'm not saying don't give the servants they hired. Give them the, a, a nice tip. But I'm saying you don't tip God. If God asks for it, give it to him and trust him for it. If you can't, give him what you can and say, Lord, help me to get up to it. Help me that I can be. I'm on the 2% right now. I'm on the 3%, God, but I know. I know you'll help me. You see, when we began to have faith in God and trust him, I want you to watch it and say, you know, God will do it. So there are three principles let me talk to you about. God is unchanging. God don't change no matter what the weather said, no matter what the political climate is. He don't change. He's God. Two, God is faithful and compassionate toward his people. Are you his people? Oh, come on now, don't, don't fool me. Are you his people? Does he know your name? Do he know your name that's in the book? You see, God's got a book that when a person gets saved, that name is written in the book, and he does not have an eraser. Is your name in the book? Well, don't fool me now because you joined the church. That don't mean your name is in God's book. Obedience brings a blessing. And disobedience brings judgment. Some of us are, are terribly messed up today because you have cheated. You have robbed God. You drive a beautiful car, got a beautiful home, but all kind of other problems in the way. So let's deal with principle number one a little bit more. God is unchanging. He doesn't change with the weather. 
Some people say if you don't like the weather in the South Texas, just wait another two, 30 minutes, an hour, it'll change for you. But you see, God don't change. He is the same yesterday and the day after that. For he says in verse 6, I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob. Because the Israelites were doing all kinds of crazy things, disobeying God, God stayed faithful. He did not consume them. He kept giving them time after time after time to get it right. How many times have you had and you still ain't got it right? You walk in there, if you've got to have an armor bearer for your purse. Or your wallet. God knows what's in our mind. You can't fool God. Because of the unchanging nature of God, the Israelites know we are not destroyed. God gives us so many opportunities to try to run. How many of y'all sinned this morning? Don't, don't, don't tell me, don't tell me. Whether you ask him for forgiveness, he's still not changing. He's still holding on to you. He's still got grace and mercy for you to take part in. He's waiting. How many of y'all mad with your spouse? Get over it and get God in your heart. This is the basis for Israel's hope and ours as well concerning the unchanging nature of God. The psalmist says in 102.27, but you are the saints and your years will have no end. Oh, just think about what the psalmist just said. Yeah, God gives us 70 years plus. I know I'm a recipient of it right now. And I thank the Lord. Had the flu, had some other bad stuff, blowing my nose, tired, yes. Can't sleep, yeah, but I can't wait for Sunday. I got to go praise the Lord. So if my voice give out, I got Dr. Block, he'll come on up. If Dr. Block ain't ready, I got, got Reverend Yates. If Reverend Yates ain't breaking up the book, like said, if we've got brother, brother Keeler. I'm telling you, God got it all fixed. And I'll be here standing with him, just holding him up. I'll be like, hurry, y'all hold my hands. I hold Moses' hands up so we can wear this wall. Hebrews said in 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We are not the same in our own household from Monday to Tuesday. Sometimes you get an attitude. Don't matter who started it, but you got to, you woke up with it. Somebody need to go back to bed. <laughs> James talked to us. Oh, I love what James says. He said, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of changing or turning. Though everything around us is subject to change, we, the people of God, are assured of divine constancy. We got a God we can count on. Whether you're up or down or sideways, we got a God that we can count on. You got family members you can't count on. Sometimes they is or sometimes they is not. But you got a God, you can call him anytime. You won't get no answer, my, you know, I, the, the party you have called has been disconnected. No! You call God and he will answer you. He said it in his word. He said, call me. And I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Somebody ought to call him when your money's funny. And my brother said, when the change is strange. Call him when you can't get along with nobody. Just call Jesus. You can't get along with yourself. Call Jesus. When you know that you have not done right, call the Lord. Say, Lord, I need help. Don't, don't try to hide it anymore. 
But I was, I was not loving like I should have been. Whatever it may have been, call the Lord. He does not change. Principle number two, God is faithful. There's a song that comes to mind that I hear often. And I think sometimes we sing it too. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. I'm not worthy that he be faithful, but he's faithful to me. No matter my situation, when my mind gets right by the Spirit of God, I come to God on my knees and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me even right now, oh God. I just want to be right with you. I don't care if I got any money or not. I don't care if whatever's happening. I want to be right with the Lord. Everything hangs on that balance. Sometimes we try to fool God. It doesn't work. God is faithful. And he's compassionate towards his people. He is a compassionate God. Sometimes you'll be able to call God because of whatever's happening in life. Maybe it's your fault, maybe it's not your fault. But take a case of illness. Take a case of, of this mountain cedar. We ought to all pray against mountain cedar. We're suffering with it right now. Even when you can't hardly talk, you can't hardly sleep like the last for me for the last four days. I mean, up three, four, five, six, seven times a night, and you wake up sleeping. But I said, Lord, I thank you that you woke me up this morning. I thank you that I can at least walk through the bathroom. Praise the Lord. I thank you that I can still eat. And I thank you, God. Yes, Lord, I'm going to go to the urgent care somewhere. I got to get something right. But I'm, I'm, Lord, would you just take care of it? Guess what? Took care of it. Guess what? He's compassionate. He's faithful. Verse 7 says, Yet from the days of your fathers, talking to the Israelites, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Hold on, church folk. We're in the same boat. How many for days and days and years that you've gone away from God's ordinance? Not so much about giving. How about loving? How about loving your enemies? I preached a sermon once about who is my neighbor. The Jews were all, all religious, and then they went down to Samaria, and they wouldn't even stop to help a poor fellow out. Wow, who is your neighbor? Where's your love? We're not doing it for us. We're doing it for the glory of God. Not so that we can be seen, that God can be seen. We need to edify him and build him up, that he's awesome, that he's a mighty God. Somebody needs to know that I serve a, true, a risen Savior that loves me, that's compassionate toward me, that blesses me even when I don't want no blessing. God bless me. Yet from the days of your father, you have gone away from our orders and have not kept them. Return to me. Here's God giving it a U-turn. Return to me. Apparently, they have gone away from his teaching. Return to me. How many of us are just dying in sin? He says to you and to me, return to me. Yet we feel that I need to protect myself. Protect yourself from whom? You can't take protect yourself from God. And have not kept him. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way? Shall we return? You know why they said that? You see, we can't argue with God, so we go argue with the person whom God sent to tell us to return, like me. I ain't listening to you. I'm going to tell you what God says. Return to the Lord. Do what he say. 
Too many of us, we want to have our, our sins covered over. We don't cover over no sin. Call it out. It is what it is. Start getting forgiveness. Talk to the Lord. Don't talk to too many other people. They're going to mess you up. Talk to the Lord. The Spirit of God will begin to move in your heart, and you'll begin to realize, I'm talking to the wrong person. Let me talk to the Lord. You see, this question reveals an appalling blindness to sin and an arrogant attempt to gloss over wrongdoing. You cannot gloss over wrongdoing. I don't care if it's clandestine or not. If you hate somebody in your heart, God already see it. Some of you did used to tell me that I got a face that, you know, got one of those faces that, you know, you can't keep nothing, like an old refrigerator. That's it, Scott. I know you know about it. Amen. I mean, it shows up a face, so I can't hide it. So I just go and tell it. This is what it is. And get, get some forgiveness. The question reveals an appalling blindness. So Psalm, the psalmist says in verse 34, chapter 34, 18, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart and saves such as have a contrite spirit. The Lord is near. When we have trouble in our minds and our heart, God is right there. He's not someplace else. He's right there. Jeremiah, I love what Jeremiah says in 322. Return. He's talking to y'all today and me. you online. He ain't leaving out nobody. Return, you backsliding children. And I will heal your backslidings. Think about that. We would be upset with our parents, some of us that are older now. But now we realize that they were doing what God would be doing to us. Come back. Oh, you're going to get your spanking. Yeah, come on. It's going to be all right. That's what God is saying. Come on. I, I got this. Come on. And I will heal your backsliding. Indeed, we do come to you. For you are the Lord our God. My friend, this question in verse 8 is really significant. And it's, it, it appalls me, but it's truth. How often it is truth. Many of us have a long Baptist background. It doesn't matter what, what denomination. We all got the same kind of background. Back in the day when I went in a church person, when I was made to go because my mama told me I had to go and I'm not going to disobey my mama. And I would watch the adults as change for a $5 bill. In the offering plate, loud. How disgusting that is to God. You know, we had that, that situation happen when I was in the shopping center. So the next time I got up to preach, I said, we do not give change. We take it as it is. We ain't called nobody's name, but we said, we ain't giving up no change. And, and don't, don't put a 20 and say, give me five back. No, uh, but you put it here, say it here. Praise the Lord. I was working on the same principle. You, you can't do that. How much do you love God? You see, love for us, as we say we love God, is not the same when God says he loves us. When we say we love God, it is filled with emotions. And that's okay. That's who we are. But it ought to be closer to what God is. God says that when he loves us, it's not a matter of his emotion, but it's a matter of his divine will that he loves us. So he never changes. We ought to be closer to God and what God is doing. We ought to pray on it, too, as we're doing it. This question underscores the people's greed. That's what happens, greed. We say we don't have enough, but you can't get enough. Greed. 
But you see, we got to separate it. When it comes to God, let us do what thus saith the Lord. If I can't do it, let me tell God. I'm not going to tell my neighbors. I'm going to tell God, Lord, I, I, I got too much month for the end of the money. I need your little help to straighten that out. And, but in the meantime, I'm going to trust you. I, I give this bit, Lord. You know my heart. You know what I bring in. You know everything about me. So, Lord, I'm going to give you this. And, Lord, I pray that you help me to get to where you want me to be. You see, then when you get there, don't go back and say, well, you know, that's a little too much money, Lord, to give to you. No. You, said, you should say, Lord, that I, I don't give enough. I need to give you more. Sometimes when we're in a building fund, many of you just dissect your tithe, give some to the tithe and some to the building fund. You see, that's not right. You give your tithe, and whatever the free will given is, you give that. That's why I ask you all to pray about it. Don't be talking to me. Pray about it. What you know, you know your finances. Let God work it out. This may be too hard for some people, but this is the word of God. I can't change that. We'll not change that. Why? Because he does not change. Whenever we rob God, we always rob ourselves. To begin with, we rob ourselves of the spiritual blessings that always accompany obedience and faithful giving, according to 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 15. But even more, the money that rightfully belongs to God that we keep for ourselves never stays with us. It ends up going to the doctor, the auto body shop, or the tax collector. Yeah, it's almost that time for the tax collector. Just as a reminder, <laughs> you have sown much and bring in little. Some of us make plenty of money, but you can't keep it together. It just seems to go out like sand through an hourglass. So are the ways of our lives. Amen. The more you make, the less you have. But I'm here to tell you, my friends, when you begin to trust God on your finances, you'll be obedient to God, and all you got to do is stand back and say, praise his name. You don't have to say anything. You just say, praise God. When you come to worship, you, people just look at you like, what's wrong with you? I just love Jesus. I'm having a wonderful time worshiping my God. Why? Because I'm, I'm in tune with what he wants me to do. I'm not worried about somebody doing something with the money. That ain't my issue. My issue is that I got to give it to God because that's who saves me. That's who blesses me. That's who honors me. That's who helps my life. That's who blesses my family. That's my God. People who lovingly give tithes and offerings to God find that whatever is left over goes much farther and brings much greater blessing. You will never go broke being obedient to God. Never happened. If, if that wasn't the truth, then I'd be telling you a lie here, wouldn't I? I know God will bless it. You begin to look and the money comes in, you go like, where did that come from? I didn't call you. Yeah, well, that's all right. God bless me. I got my name on the check. I'm going to the bank. But it's not about that. It's about being obedient to the Lord and watching God's work move. You see, we can't do God's work without all of us giving what God told us to give. God wants to build a family life center, but we're holding ourselves so tight that I, we begin to sweat. We got to be open to God. We want to do other things to bring the ministry out even further to touch our community. Why we can't do it? Many of y'all are asking, why can't we do this? Why can't you have that? Have you given any tithes to the Lord? We, we, we're, not, we're not subsidized by the government here. If we were, we couldn't be able to preach the gospel. 
But I'm here to tell you that I'm going to preach it as long as God gives me strength. If we don't have a two members, and I don't, I don't care. We just, whoever we got, we got. Preaching is the same. Why? Because I love the Lord, and I, he called me to do this. And I want to do it because he loved me. He loved me. And I love him. Principle number three. Obedience brings a blessing. Disobedience brings God's judgment. He says in verse 10, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Now I want you all to remember that this is back in the day there's an agricultural community. He's talking about fruit and all that kind of stuff and, you know, in the garden. Listen to me as we say it. He says again, the whole tithe mentioned here refers to the Israelites who had made a pretense of conforming to the law and presenting some tithe before God, but not all of the tithe the law required. There are more today who say that tithing is an Old Testament concept. And you know, they're right. I had a brother here, a couple of them, ministers too. And I asked them that question. They weren't expecting it. I said, you believe in supporting the pastor and pastor appreciation? I'm not preaching for my own appreciation. If y'all don't give me anything, that's fine. God got me. Amen. And they said, no. That's how do you believe in time? Well, uh, we don't believe that because that's an Old Testament concept. Absolutely it is. But you see, we're actually getting off being in the New Testament. Because the Bible declares that in the Old Testament, it's up to 42% of your giving to God. In the New, percent, in, in the New Testament, it's not a ceiling. It begins at 10%. That's the floor. But it goes on up past that. That's the truth. You see, so we're getting up light. And look at God and his blessings. I don't like to say it, but it just come to mind, so forgive me. I would double-dog there in you to go outside and look in the parking lot and see who's driving what. There are no mules and wagons, no horses and wagons. There ain't no, ain't no jalopies. Unless you just want to drive one today. I don't care how you stack it. It's what God has already blessed you with. Then why can't you bless God? That's not the only one that you have. You got ski dudes at the house. Boats. Got the vacations already played three or four times a year. And you're retired. Don't, 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 don't you tell me that you can't afford the tithe. You cannot af- not afford the tithe. You stop. I'm not saying anybody should, but if you stop tithing, as some of y'all are close to doing, you're going to watch the other side go down. And then here you come. Pastor, pray for me. For what? I, I already preached it. What don't you do? What do you say? Okay, I'll get off my soapbox. Praise the Lord. So yes, Old Testament tithing, yeah, that's, that's true. It was the Old Testament, and yes, we do have a, to abide by it. However, did you know that tithing began 500 years before the establishing of the law? Did you know that Abraham commended it? Christ commanded it. Did you know that Abraham, before his name was Abraham, gave a tithe to the king of Salem, Melchizedek, who had neither beginning nor end? Did you know that giving to God is a part of your worship of God? Many of us, our worship don't come clean with God because we're holding back. Or we come, you can raise your hand, but it don't mean nothing if your heart ain't raised to God. He don't need your hand, he needs your heart. Are you going to be a loveless church or are you going to be a church that loves God? 
Did you know that giving to God is a part of your worship to him? Did you know that your obedience and giving to God bring a blessing to the giver? Let me give you an example. In the book of Numbers, chapter 7, there's the longest chapter in the Bible. It contains nearly 2,000 words, all about giving. My friends, the floodgates of the heaven, the windows of heaven, have reference to pouring out a material blessing in superabundance. And that is so true. Luke says it best, Luke 6:38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over with the, uh, running over will be put into your bosom. For with the me- same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. If you got a, something, this this is about mm, maybe ten inches long. Is that the best you can do? That's what you get back. But if it's like this, attached to this, and all of this, open up your crocus sack and let the let the blessings flow. I know what I'm talking about. And it's not always about money. It's about the blessing that God put into your life. He talked about your giving. Many of us have not been sick in a while. Not even because of the medication. It's because God has kept you. Many of you are sick, but it's God who has blessed you. People said one thing, but you're still walking and you're still talking. People said another thing. They said you weren't going to be able to do this. Listen, I see you in church and you're praising God. How are you going to figure that? The writer mentioned, pour you out a blessing was for the Jews who doubted that Jehovah rewards the righteous. God invited them to put the matter to the test. And in Malachi, it's the only place in all of Scripture that God said, test me in this and see when I do this. Any other place, you'll be in trouble with God. But he says on this, test me, try me. You see, I won't pour you out a blessing. We ought to try him today. You ought to first commit to your sins. And Lord, forgive me my sin. But I'm going to try you because you said try you. I know you're going to work it out. You're putting things in my way and people bless me. It ain't nobody but you. Praise your holy name. The last thing that caught my by surprise in verse 12. Then all the nations will call you blessed. If the nation had followed God. He says, in the end, then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land. And why would he say that? Well, you go back a little bit. He said, I will prevent the pests from devouring your crops. Talk about agriculture. And the vines in your field will not catch their fruit. We're talking about that kind of agriculturalist. All of those, and we don't go that way. We just go to H-E-B. Come on, talk to me. But maybe some of that stuff won't, won't go bad on you before you can get to eat it. Amen. But God said, people call you blessed. Why? Because they can see the difference. That you believe, you believe in God, you trust in God. They see the difference. Does God see the difference in us? Does God see the difference in us? They see us as people perhaps walking out, looking good. Got that walk. We ain't no good. We ain't loving nobody. We ain't helping nobody. We just come for our own selves. Gotta make sure my beard right. Who cares? God cares about our heart. When people see people who love God, they, get, they gotta find a way to talk to you. 
They got to find a way to say, listen, I, I want to know what, 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 what keeps you like this. They want to know on your job, uh, Chairman, uh, how, how are you able to do what you do? And all the, I know what he's going to say. All I can do is all about Jesus. And people don't want to hear about Jesus, but they want to hear you. How many of us are going to talk to somebody about the Lord? My friends, God is unchanging. He loves us. And if you're in disobedience, whoever you are, right now, God still loves you. But he sent me and the other preachers to tell you this is what God wants you to do. Turn, because our God is an unchanging God. And for those of you who know the Lord as Savior, let's give God his due. Not just a tithe and offering, but steadfast obedience and devotion. It is the love of devotion that captures God's heart. Whether you got money or not, whether you got anything to give or not, if you love him, you love him. Not about what he can do. You just love him because he saved you. That's more than we can ever, ever, ever repay. Not just the tithes and offering, but steadfast obedience and devotion. And those of you who do not know Jesus Christ, I appeal to you today. Give your life to him today. You may be thinking, I'm doing pretty good right now, but that doesn't last. That don't last. Give your life to him today. It's not about money. It's about your devotion. I want to be saved. I want to know God. And I want to be with him when my time is up here. That's, that's the reason. I want to give God my life that he may bless me. Well, you may ask, answer why. How can he do it? The Apostle Paul says in Romans 10, 9, 10, and 13, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But with the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. And verse 13 is my favorite. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes, sir. You cannot give God his due until you have given God you. Thank you so much for your attendance and your support of the podcast. We do hope to see you again or hear you again or even talk to me again. And we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you.